Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Hello, fellow WNYXicans. I'm Lauren, and I will be today's host. I'm here with Thaddeus. Hello. And Tom. Hello. This episode, Smoking, is the first episode in our Hooked unit of episodes. We're trying out a slightly different format this unit. We hope you guys like it. If you feel like it, you can let us know by messaging us at hoodoo underscore factory on Twitter or Instagram. We're on Instagram now, too. How do you like that? Wow. <laughs> And now I'm going to kick it off with our Agent Zero pew pew plot synopsis. <laughs> Smoking was season one, episode three. It originally aired on April 4th, 1995, which was a Tuesday. A New York state ordinance requires Bill to give up smoking in the office. In order to help him quit the habit, Dave offers to give up coffee in solidarity. They both run through a variety of emotional reactions to giving up their addictions, ultimately resulting in them failing to quit completely. Lisa is concerned that Joe saw her and Dave together at the movies the night before, which is a problem since Lisa and Dave are having a secret affair. Lisa's suspicions are raised because Joe has been acting uncomfortable around her all day. It's later revealed that Joe did see Lisa, but not Dave. He was acting uncomfortable around Lisa because he was actually concerned that she was casting judgments about the person he had attended the movie with the night before. Now... We've set up a few categories and games, and I, as the benevolent host, will bestow arbitrary absa points to the contestants if I deem their answers and arguments worthy. At the end of part A, I will award one adequate contestant our episode's absa award for excellence in this podcast. So let's get started with round one absa fever. Tom, you're going to be up first. What scene would you show to a new person? Okay, I think I'm going to go with the scene, and I think it's maybe one of the top five scenes in the whole run. But when the morning after Dave and Bill decide to quit, and Bill comes into Dave's office (laughs) with uh, his coffee, and they start comparing notes on how they're feeling after having quit for... A very short amount of time. Um, There's some great quotes, uh, and then it all kind of culminating in Matthew coming in and them screaming at Matthew because of their <laughs> level of frustration with quitting. It, it's just great. That scene is a thing of beauty. Yes. I will give you that. <laughs> all right, Thad, what scene are you going to show to a new person? Um, so I'm going to go with Mr. James telling Dave about the sprinklers. Uh, it, it starts in with the uh, Mr. James. All right. And he pulls the magician guy. Who's that magician guy? <laughs> Six feet Roy, that's the one. Uh, we 
get to friend at City Hall, Albany, yes, and in Washington. Uh, then he gets to the support fire safety and this, the fire sprinkler jokes while they're not real. And then it ends with Bill walking in all disheveled from the smoking lounge. Give me the, I thank God every day we're not a TV station. Like. Uh, so I think that scene's a killer for anybody who's never watched it before. Just bam, bam, bam. It's a great one. Great, great, one. great rhythm, yep. timing, great visuals, all around great scene. Okay, Tom, what's your second scene that you're going to show to a new person? So I will go with the scene directly before my first scene um, where Dave and Bill are talking. You know, Dave comes out of his office and catches Bill with smoke in his mouth after he's holding his breath for like 15 seconds or whatever. <laughs> and then they, they talk and they, they come to an agreement to to quit. Um, but in the interim, talking about how the cigarettes, how important they are to Bill and his description of them and, and everything that went with that <laughs> was just great. Um, there's a lot of good quotes. I don't want to spoil all the quotes, so I'm not going to give them, but that, that scene is really good, too. <laughs> that is a really excellent scene. All right, Thad, what's your second scene you're going to show to a new person? All right. Uh, my second scene is actually going to be right after the credits, um, and it starts with Joe doing the Fonzie fix on Dave's computer. Uh, and then the hey, hey, hey uh, with Lisa on the way out, in which case Lisa comes in and imitates it, which is actually really funny. Uh, we get the Woody Allen hat joke exchange, so we kind of get that introduced. Uh, and then that scene kind of ends with, with Bill walking in, Lisa walking out, giving the college girls. And uh, you know, that's your last cigarette. No, no, I have a full pack right here. Uh, so uh, th that scene, I think, is just another one that's just packed, you know, just packed with jokes. <laughs> hey, thanks, Fonzie. <laughs> Those, oh, man. You guys have picked some really great scenes. I mean, it's a great episode, so maybe all the scenes are great, but man, you picked some good ones. I think I'm going to give this category to Tom just barely. I think he gets an extra point just for that tirade against Matthew. I mean, it is iconic, <laughs> right? It's really hard to beat that. And then they're like, well, we didn't crack. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we were good. We were cool. Like, that's normal. And Matthew just drops the piece of paper and runs out and the paper's like floating to the ground. It's great. It's it's the scene that took the episode from a very good episode to a great episode, like an all-time great news radio episode. Absolutely. I agree. Okay, next category here. What quote is most usable or you want to use in real life? And Thad, you are up first on this one. All right. So the quote that I think in this case I want to use when real life is, to tell the truth, I tend to zone out unless my name is mentioned. Though. Is it something important? <laughs> I think I think there's no better way to kind of belittle somebody who's been talking than to pretend like you didn't have their attention because you weren't directly addressed, and then asking if it was important. It's just like that extra dagger of just like I'm sorry, was it actually important? <laughs> Uh, so that's that's one that like hopefully there'll be a situation I could use that one day. I do think that one's really usable. I and um, it, funnier in the episode because his name was mentioned, <laughs> but yeah. but he still zoned it out. Yeah. Anyhow. Sorry, Bill. Whatever. <laughs> 
I can for sure picture you working that into a conversation somewhere. <laughs> okay, Tom, what's your most usable quote? Um, this is due to my propensity to get colds, and, and I used to be a smoker, so uh, coughed up something that looked like escargot this morning. <laughs> Definitely one way to open a conversation. <laughs> I didn't say I would open a conversation with that. I would just use the quote. I like I, fair. That's you know, fair. don't get on a bus and say to the conductor, "Ah, cuffed up something that looked like us going this morning." <laughs> Especially but these days. Just if, if people are have asked me, and I I think I even texted you guys once uh, recently when I had a cold, yeah. pretty bad cold. Like yeah. Yeah, I was going to say extra point because you have used that on real in real life on us before, but minus a point because it's a super gross quote. Oh, it's very gross. Yeah. So, so you're you're back to even basically. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, Thad, what's your second most usable quote? Um, all right, I'm going to go with you're playing with me, aren't you? <laughs> because I think you can say that anytime you're confused. Anytime you're confused about anything, you could just look at them and go, you're playing with me, aren't you? And it will be both disorienting to them, because obviously they're not playing with you, but also get across the fact that you are definitely not following whatever the hell they're talking about. But this might be handy at car mechanics, uh, IT businesses, perhaps, uh, grocery stores. God knows, no one can figure those things out. Self-checkout. <laughs> um, no, but that's that's a quote that I think that I could definitely use in a lot of different situations. It would be effective every time. I like that you came prepared with such specific examples. That was a nice touch. That was off the cuff, Lauren. That was off the cuff. <laughs> Thinking of all the places that I get like, so like uh-huh, yeah, right. The uh, for, for Jingamonger with the carburetor <laughs> guy. <laughs> Yeah, tomatoes are fruits. Yeah, <laughs> All right, Tom. What's your second most usable quote? Um, well, it's it's really useful if you haven't gotten a good night's sleep or if, if perhaps you drank the night before, but I have a pounding headache and my arms feel like they're 12 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, right? That's right. Okay. I, many times when I've like, you know, it's felt like that when I've really needed like caffeine because just did not get a good night's sleep the yeah. night before. It just, it feels like that. Mm-hmm. Feels like you're dragging knuckles for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to give that one to Thad, mostly because, uh, you know, to tell the truth, I tend to zone out unless my name is mentioned. That was real high on my was, list. Yeah. Real high. That was my number two. Um, I was very surprised that that didn't bust out. Wake up, people, because <laughs> I have heard him use that in real life so many, so many times. And I think this is the first instance of Matthew saying that. <laughs> I think so too. That it's was, a strategic. Uh, it was a strategic move. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that it, as as much as it'd be great, I think you appreciated the other answers. Um, <laughs> as a matter of fact, now I think next time I have a problem with the self checkout, I'm gonna be like, "You're playing with me, aren't you?" Maybe we're directly into the camera, so anybody reviews it. That's, that's the kind of video that they see. <laughs> what happened on checkout seven? Let's look at the tape. <laughs> You're playing with me, aren't you? 
Where's the associate? Well, it, your strategic move worked out in your favor. You got the point here. Okay, now we're moving on to um, what gag or bit had the biggest impact on the episode? And Tom, you are up first. Uh, I think it was when when Bill uh, had quit smoking and was on the air and just <laughs> droning relentlessly until he got the puff. He, Jimmy comes in, lights a cigarette, and then he starts... In other news today, and like normal, <laughs> and then as soon as as soon as Dave takes it, just that that is a great bit. That was a really great gag because it's so immediate. It's like okay, you've gotten your fix. Like you should you should go for several hours without needing another. Like for sure. Yeah, but the nicotine is still coursing through yeah, your veins. Exactly. You should be okay for a little while. <laughs> but those are his little buddies. He just lost his little friend. That's right. That's true. <laughs> okay, Thad, uh, what gag or bit do you think had the biggest impact on the episode? Um, I'm actually going to go with the hat that Dave wears. And it's partially because we never see it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like all we have is everybody just talking about how stupid it looks and how much they don't like it. <laughs> and then, you know, so it's like we start off at the beginning talking about it. We get a little joke in the middle of it. And then at the end, obviously it comes back one more time. So I really liked the way it was, pre it was present through the entire episode, even though we never even got a description of it, a real description of it. So <laughs> I, I, I thought the hat had a big impact. It's like Vera on Cheers, you know. She's mentioned many yeah. times, but you never see right. her. It's always, always funnier because of that. Right. Add that on to my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you said the hat, and I was going to be like, but we never see the hat. And But then that was actually your point, and you argued yeah. it well enough that I'm going to give you the point for this one. I thought I thought that was good. I didn't even really consider that. And it plays out throughout the episode, and you get that nice payoff of, Joe, he looks just like any other dork in New York City, except he had right. a stupid hat. <laughs> right. Okay. All right, moving on to the coolest detail in the episode. What was a nice, adequate touch? And that, you're up first. Okay. Uh <laughs> I'm going to go with Dave knows that Bill caved because of his disheveled hair at the end of the episode. Mm. When Bill walks up because he's all kind of, you know, disheveled, he's like, oh, Bill, you did it. So we didn't actually have <laughs> anything happen where we saw that Bill broke. We just have Dave kind of putting the two things together. So that's the third time his, his appearance kind of comes into play in the episode. So um, I thought it was really cool that Dave was just able to tell what happened without, like, explicitly stating Oh, look at you. You smoked a cigarette. <laughs> uh -huh. that, yeah, that, that's a good point. That was a good way to uh, show, don't tell, right? That's what right. they always say. <laughs> show, don't tell. Okay, Tom, what was uh, your coolest detail or nice adequate touch? Uh, it's like the timing and choreography of when Matthew goes to confront Bill and Bill, without looking at Matthew, says, Matthew, turn around and go back to your desk. Just, just It was perfectly because he's just getting there and Bill, you know, so they must have really figured out the bam, 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 the timing of it. And it, it worked great. 
Yeah, didn't even look at him. Just, didn't even just... look. <laughs> Matthew, turn around and go back to your desk. And he does. And knowing what we know about Matthew now, Matthew probably assumed that Bill has some sort of like superpowers or like x-ray vision in the back of his head or something. That was like, oh man, he, he knew I was there. <laughs> like my, my dad used to tell my sister when she would comb his hair when she was little, like, watch out for the eyes in the back of my head. You know, don't, don't, like, ow, this is the eye in the back of my head. Come on. <laughs> Got to plant that idea when they're young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I really love that detail a whole lot. So I'm going to give that one to Tom. Oof. Bringing us to a dead heat, which has never happened in the history of this podcast. <laughs> it <What>? is unprecedented. <laughs> How? <laughs> I wouldn't be any more surprised if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet. So... <laughs> Okay, now we're going to get out the secret sauce. We're going to talk about best episode enigmas. Tom, what is your best episode enigma from this episode? It's how many pieces of gum does Beth need to use to get to the wad that she pulls out of her mouth? <laughs> it's, it looks like it's like hubba bubba grape. Like that's, that's my, or bubblicious, something like that. It's, it's something along those lines. It's not like a a stick of like chewing gum. It's actual bubble gum. And how many of those blocks would you need to get a thing that size? My guess is at least 10. And that's a lot. Like over under is definitely seven. If, if you, if you had to chew on that for any length of time, your jaw would just be dead. It would would be awful. Loses its flavor in the first. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Absolutely. Well, I mean, I guess maybe you just keep adding, but still, it's whole. And think about how long they film these episodes. You know, God bless Vicky. The episode's twenty six minutes, but I mean, they filmed for hours. (laughs) Right. I wonder if it was something else for the episode for the actress. You know, Uh, like. Oh man. I wonder if it was real bubble gum that uh, that Vicky Lewis had to actually chew. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, that's rough. Okay, good question. All right, Thad, what's your episode enigma? Um, okay, my, my episode enigma is, was Mr. James's sprinkler system story true or a metaphor? Because, Ugh. like, I can't imagine that you can have a the Chrysler building but have, like, a floor without a sprinkler system in it. But at the same time, I can't imagine Jimmy James <laughs> paying somebody off and having somebody just glue sprinkler heads on top of the, the ceiling tiles. So I don't know if he was telling that story in order to motivate Dave to do what he wanted to do, or if it was actually true that that floor does not have any fire suppression uh, piping or, or nozzles or, or anything to happen if a fire does break out. I, I, I think Jamie answers the question later in the episode when he says, Tell Bill to be careful. I don't want to fire here. <laughs> Again, is he is he saying that because he actually is a fire hazard? Or is he saying that to keep on messing with Dave and keep putting pressure on him to do what he wants him to do? 
either way, I think it fits into your mastermind Jimmy scenario because either he's being the mastermind and manipulating Dave and Bill and getting everyone to do the behavior that he wants, right. or he's you know skirting this um, state ordinance and getting <laughs> out of a, a, a large uh, cost and probably you know raising his net worth or whatever in the process. Right, just breaking uh, the law, just bribing yeah. people like. So I'm like, I can't tell if he's actually being literal or if that's just something he's saying to mess with Dave. Because I could see it either way. Dave, I wasn't being literal. Of course we got fire suppression. You know, like, I don't know. So that's my that, episode. That does sound like a Jimmy thing. Like, when Dave buys into something that he says and takes it at <laughs> right. face value. And he's like, Dave, that was a figure of speech, you know? Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I, I hear you. I see what you're putting down. Okay. I see how that could go both ways. I So I'm going to give that one to Thad. Both very good questions, though. I did, definitely was wondering about the amount of gum. <laughs> Tom, was like, Tom just got to that question earlier that on my list because I was like, man, what do you think? I was thinking seven had to be at least the like, over under. I mean, I think the answer is just an upsetting amount. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No matter what, it's an upsetting amount. Okay, moving on. We're going to get into keepsakes. The Bill I Stole Your Cane keepsakes. And Thad, you were up first. So what is your first uh, keepsake, something specific to this episode you want? Mine is going to be the nicotine patch box uh, or the, the box of medication, whatever, whatever form that the nicotine came in for Bill. That's what I want to put up on my display. Okay. Um, preferably in the shape of a belt. very nice okay tom uh what's your first keepsake uh i think it's gonna be the laptop like that you know mid-90s style laptop that that joe fixes uh in quotation marks (laughs) even if the screen's black you still want it (laughs) right yeah just hey look at this this is on the on the show it's a yeah. It's, it's like a museum piece now. It's exactly. Relic. Yeah. <laughs> Probably weighed about five ten pounds. <laughs> oh god! Can you imagine lugging those things around? <laughs> All right, Thad. What's your second keepsake? Oof. Okay. All right. Looking at my list, I'm gonna roll the dice more here. I'm gonna go with Dave's hat. I'm doubling down on Dave's hat. You have no <laughs> idea what it looks like, <laughs> but, but I think. Having the hat and putting on the little head mannequin, uh, I think would crack me up. By the way, did either of you look up what type of hat Woody Allen used to wear? Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, it's okay. it's so, almost like a Gilligan hat. It's like a it's, bucket it's, hat, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a, a bucket, bucket hat. hat. Yeah. Okay, so I just yeah. want to say I didn't want to step on anything coming up later, but basically I picture Dave with a bucket hat, maybe like floral, like Hawaii floral type pattern, you know, some sort of stuff like that. So uh, I think that's definitely something that I would I would display uh, proudly in my home <laughs> and maybe use as a disguise should i need to go out incognito <laughs> a guy my size wearing a hawaiian bucket hat it's like a big dork in a hat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly Perfect. just like any other big dork except for yeah. a stupid hat <laughs> Okay, Tom, what's your second keepsake? Uh, well, this is kind of basic. I, I had a couple others that I, I could think about, but it's really, and every time I see it, I want it. 
it's the brown mug that both Dave and Bill are using. Um, I love that mug, mm-hmm. that that brown with the you know, it's it's a great great looking logo and everything. So that's okay. the one. Wow, I didn't think of this as a prop heavy episode, but you guys managed to pick four props, and not a single one of them was on my list. You didn't pick a single <laughs> item I picked. <laughs> I got two more for the next section. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've got several more. Yeah, it's prop heavy. Um, I think they're they're all really good. So I'm gonna score this one a tie. Might be a little bit of a cop out, but here we are. Okay, that brings us to MVP and runner up. So, um, Tom, tell me who is your MVP for this episode? Bill. And Thad, who is your MVP? Also Bill. Bill. Also Bill. Okay. Tom, who is your runner-up? Dave. Thad, who is your runner-up? Also Dave. Also Dave. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Well, I've got a second runner-up. I, I do Tyler, have a second, yeah, second runner-up. We both have second runner-ups. Okay. Well, I'm really excited to hear if you both have the same second runner-up. So, Tom, who's your, who's your second runner-up? Sure. Jimmy. <laughs> and Thad Jimmy James okay I just want you to know that even though I'm hosting I still make all the picks for all of these so that it helps me judge and I pick Bill MVP Dave runner up Jimmy second runner up <laughs> so it's unanimous I'll, uh, right. I'll throw my lot in with Jimmy I'll, I'll let Tom go with Dave I'll okay. see what I could do with Jimmy okay so then Tom tell me why Dave is the runner up of this episode uh, Dave's a runner-up because he at least at one point gets uh, Bill to work with him in quitting. Um, he is able to use cajoling to get Bill to do a thing that he wants him to do. Uh, even if it doesn't wind up the way he wants it, it, it's like it's the first time that he's gotten through to Bill and they're kind of on the same page at some point. Now they've got a little secret together. Um, and in the end... They do find a suitable solution uh, for Matthew, who was the biggest complainant in the in the uh, episode. So, you know, everything kind of works out for Dave. They didn't have to get that anti whining ordinance after that's, all. That's right, and and he gets to, he gets to go back to coffee. So, all's right in Dave land. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, Thad. So tell me why Jimmy is the runner up in this episode. All right, so I would say outside of uh, Bill, Dave reacts the strongest to Jimmy, right? To Lisa, he's kind of reassuring Lisa. She's the one that's kind of reacting strongly. So he's not he's reacting, but not strongly. He acts really, reacts really strongly to Jimmy when Jimmy pops up. And I think what I really like is that Jimmy is really playing that perfect character of like when you don't know if the boss is your friend, if they like you or they don't like you. Mm. And all mm. he does is keep Dave on his toes. You know, like, he, he's hiding around a pillar, you know, so that Dave doesn't <laughs> see him, pops out on him, kind of puts him on the spot. Uh, you know, then, obviously, when Bill's doing his thing in the monotone, he calls him out here, what are you doing out here? What are you running, a radio station or a rehab? <laughs> you know, and it's like, is he yelling at his employee? Is he just kind of making his point? And I, I really just kind of like the idea, like, he hasn't evolved into being their friend yet. So to everybody, they're still walking a little bit on eggshells around him, but he still has an impact. Every time he hits the screen, I think we react kind of strongly to him as well. So that's that's going to be my runner-up argument. Okay. <laughs> the Jimmy mystery. I it's, love it. It's, 
It's probably the angriest we really see Jimmy, I think, in the whole run. Of <laughs> just the about. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not banging his shoe on a table, but still. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a standard opening tactic. Standard, yeah. standard. <laughs> Can't count that. <laughs> I mean, that's just moving a pawn forward on the chessboard. That's right. Like, <laughs> that. Well, I think those are both really good arguments. I think I'm just barely going to give the edge to Tom. I I do think Dave. It's fair. Uh, I think he was just a little stronger in this episode, and he's. He's such the straight man through so much of the series, and this is really early in the series, and we get yeah. to see him sort of act out a little bit, you know. So it's it it was a special it was a special episode for Dave. Well, you know what he actually does is he makes Bill sympathetic for us because yeah. he decides to quit too. Bill is still kind of a jerk the entire episode, mm-hmm. but Dave actually makes us uh, sympathetic towards Bill because he's going to be the guy that shows us like assumedly how bad Bill is suffering from the lack of nicotine. Um, so yeah. he does, he has a huge role in it. He does a great job. On it, so. And Dave hasn't even given up going to the bathroom. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're messing with me, aren't you? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love that part. Well, great arguments. Really enjoyed that. Um, I think we got to mark this one down that all three of us picked the same, yeah. <laughs> same MVP, same runner up, same second runner up. I mean, when's that ever going to happen again? Yeah. Maybe a lot. Who knows? Let's find out. <laughs> got plenty of units to go. Yeah. We just we just opened up the textbook. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that completes our abs of fever round. So right now, while I tally up the score, I'm going to give you the Freakzilla report straight from the message boards, all the best and worst reactions to this episode at the time that it aired. The Hoodoo Factory is brought to you by Agent Zero. This summer, one man had danger brought to his doorstep and no way out. Agent Zero. Well, I hate to break it to you, but once again, we're back to one of the earlier episodes from before the Usenet forum had any posts. But as usual, I have scoured the message boards and found reactions to this episode when it aired again at later dates. So in October of 2000, smoking had just aired on A&E and someone named Kenneth came to the message board to note that in syndication, they had cut Beth's blow it out my nose line. He's referencing that bit in the cold open where Beth says, what about me, Dave? And Dave says, oh, I didn't know you smoked. And she mm. says, I don't inhale or anything, but I could blow it out my nose. They mm. cut that whole bit for syndication. Wow. Mm. Uh, maybe to make it fit the time slot. I don't know. Um, but Kenneth felt that it was blasphemy that they had cut the line. And uh, someone named Kevin pointed out that they also cut the, the joke about he wore that hat when he was with Mia, too. So lots mm. of little jokes getting lost in syndication kind of sad Mia (laughs) (laughs) Um, also back in 2000 someone named Eric was posting audio clips of various episodes to his website which he called Fort Awesome although it didn't say Fort Awesome anywhere in the URL 
Um, he had just posted a bunch of clips from smoking and fans on the message board were rejoicing in some of the fantastic lines he had clipped. Uh, some of the favorites people were talking about were Bill's line about escargot, uh, Jimmy's line about the fire sprinklers not being hooked up to anything, and uh, Bill and Dave's tirade, you know, culminating with zip your sniveling little lip and haul your skinny ass out of here. <laughs> I bet a bunch of people downloaded it and made it their ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, there were a lot of positive comments about this episode, and many people cite it as their favorite. Mm. So, that has been this episode's Freakzilla Report. Right now, going into the second and final round, we have a dead heat. It is a tie. Whatever shall we do? <laughs> so, round two, or as we call it, the Barney Party, is going to be our Hoodoo Factory version of a buy or sell game. As we all know, a good Marty Party does not an abs make, but it's still anyone's game. So, here we go. The game we play in round two is called Is It the Real Deal or the McNeil Perspective? For this game, contestants will get a statement to either buy as the real deal or sell as the McNeil Perspective. The second contestant will have to argue the side not chosen, and everyone will score points by making good points in their answers. So, here we go. The first statement is, after their movie theater encounter, Lisa was more freaked out than Joe about it. And this is going to Thad first. So Thad, is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that after their movie theater encounter, Lisa was more freaked out than Joe about it? I'm going to say that this is the real deal um, because Lisa's the one who doesn't want to let it go. As freaked out as Joe is, uh, Lisa's the one that like, hey, hey, hey. And then like she's waiting for him outside from the walk back in so he can do mm -hmm. the hey, hey, hey thing again. Uh, and then we get the big, you know, movies, the uh, movies suck speech. Um, you know, <laughs> we have, you know, basically he's like, all right, you want to do this? You want to do this? Like finally she pesters him. To the point of him actually having a confrontation. So she was so worried that Joe had seen something and knew something was going on that she, like, the entire episode is basically about her, like, worrying about it and tracking down Joe until he finally uh, had that discussion. So I think she was more freaked out. Okay. Okay. Good point. Okay. So, Tom, tell me why it's the McNeil perspective. Um, so you have to argue that uh, Joe was more freaked out about it. Uh, this is the McNeil perspective. Uh, while Lisa is is concerned that that her relationship with Dave could come to light, and and visibly so, we don't see the other side of Joe. He's so nervous that he won't even really talk. Like he won't try to engage. Lisa's trying to engage and at least have the conversation. Whereas Joe is so nervous that he won't even do it until finally the the pressure breaks him. Um, because he, you know, while him being with a flamboyantly gay friend would would seem to indicate that he's not homophobic. Uh, he at least does not like the appearance that he could be thought of as as homophobic. It's it's like the Job in Arrested Development. It's like I'm not embarrassed to be with you. I'm embarrassed to be seen with you. It's it's very much the same <laughs> sentiment. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good points. Good points. Um, I think I'm going to give this one just barely to Thad. Um, 
as an overthinker myself, I, I think I recognize one where I see one and Lisa is <laughs> very much overthinking this and making herself very freaked out. <laughs> um, okay, next statement. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that Bill's nicotine slash cigarette addiction was more serious than Dave's caffeine slash coffee addiction? And this one's to Tom first. So is that the real deal or the McNeil perspective? Uh, I'm going to say that is the real deal. Um, Just based on on what I know of nicotine versus caffeine addiction, uh, nicotine is, I believe, more difficult to quit than, say, heroin. Um, I've, I've heard that before. Uh, caffeine is, is, you know, tough addiction to, to knock off too, but, uh, nicotine is, is real stuff. I've, I've seen people when they really need a cigarette versus people that really need a cup of coffee and you're a bit, you're tired when you need a cup of coffee, but you are grouchy as hell when you need a cigarette. So I'm going to go and say that that is the real deal. Okay. All right. Uh, Thad, tell me why it's the McNeil perspective that Bill's nicotine addiction was more serious than Dave's caffeine addiction. So the McNeil perspective. Dave's caffeine addiction is more serious than Bill's nicotine cigarette addiction. Um, Number one, I don't think that you can cure caffeine addiction. To my knowledge, if you get addicted to caffeine for real, for real, you have to take caffeine pills for the rest of your life because you basically cannot function without it. Dave's portrayal of what it was like without caffeine versus Bill coming in and even being able to pretend to be overjoyed for this chalk full of flavor uh, <laughs> mug in his hands, I think shows you how serious it was. And I, I got to go back to it. Dave has a three pot a day habit. I don't know exactly how, I don't drink coffee. I don't know exactly how many coffee cups that is, but that's not something that you quit cold turkey and you come out okay on the other side. So I, I know that quitting you know, cigarettes, I believe it is correct that the, the, um, the heroin quit rate and the cigarette uh, quit rate is uh, roughly equivalent. I do believe that's true. But I think if you get addicted to caffeine, you literally, you literally cannot function without it. You have to take caffeine pills for the rest of your life just to be able to kind of avoid that headache and be able to settle down and do your work. I mean, this is, this is an Elizabeth Berkeley, Jesse Spano uh, lesson that we're learning <laughs> once again, as far as I know. So excited. So excited. All right. Well, saved by the bell so references excited. aside. <laughs> um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tom edged you out on that one just a little bit. Um well I do think that like caf- caffeine addiction is a real addiction. I just don't think it's as serious. Like, yeah, you maybe you got to take a caffeine pill every day the rest of your life. Big whoop. Like, I don't know. N- nicotine is going <laughs> to kill you. It's going to kill you. <laughs> All right. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that Dave giving Bill the nicotine patch was more irresponsible than anything Jimmy did or would do to fix the situation? And this one is to Thad first. So is that the real deal or the McNeil perspective? This is going to be the real deal um, because I think we see, you know, uh, Bill has to get actually taken to the hospital. So either Dave did not explain directions, why it was so important to actually follow directions, instructions on how to use, uh, how to use this drug to, to ease the pain. Um, but Dave directly almost harmed somebody in a physical sense 
And uh, I think whatever Jimmy would do, it would not be a direct uh, kind of offense or a direct kind of injury that would be caused by the situation. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So, Tom, you got to tell me why it's the McNeil perspective. So, basically, you got to tell me why um, anything Jimmy did or would do to fix the situation is more irresponsible than what Dave did. Oh, yeah. This is absolutely more... uh, what Jimmy did is more irresponsible than what Dave did. Uh, this is the McNeil perspective. Um, Jimmy goes in and lights Bill up a cigarette while he's trying to quit just because just because of ratings rather than taking him off the air and letting somebody else do the, read the news. He, he is literally giving a, a carcinogenic agent uh, that he knows he has an addiction to. He is literally flying in the fate. He is being as irresponsible as he can possibly be. Whereas Dave is actually trying to help him with his his addiction. And those nicotine packs, those packs of nicotine patches, they come with very explicit instructions and that in the box. So I've seen them. That, that They're there. It, it would say, <laughs> do not take more than... It, it, it would be almost incomprehensible that you would take more than, than the allowable recommended dose. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I think that one's going to be a draw. Um, the answer that I was actually looking for was that um, anything Jimmy would have done was actually putting more people in danger. Dave was putting Bill in danger by giving him those patches. Uh, by lighting up the cigarette for Bill, knowing there's no nothing attached to those sprinklers and everyone's getting secondhand smoke, Jimmy's putting Maybe. everyone in danger. Maybe. Maybe. That's true. We don't know. We don't know if the sprinklers are actually hooked up or not. And, and so, FYI, those nicotine patches are over the counter now, so it's not like they weren't that harmful. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to know who you're giving it to. You know, like you're giving a monkey yeah. a gun. You don't go, well, the monkey pulled the trigger. You're like, it's not a gun. It's a nicotine patch. <laughs> but you're giving it to Bill. Maybe Bill's initial reaction to putting on a patch might have been a clue that we should go into this a little bit about how to use it safely. See, I got to think if Dave had like his his daily dose of caffeine in him, he would have realized like, I can't just hand this to Bill. Maybe I should. I could put one on him or, or like dole them out individually. But he didn't have his caffeine in him, so he was just like, "Here you go, man." I don't know. <laughs> Try not to die. Yeah, he wasn't looking clearly. <laughs> it almost cost Bill his life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective that somebody went in the ambulance to the hospital with Bill and Tom? You're up first. So is that the real deal or the McNeil perspective? Uh, this is the real deal. I think Dave, despite giving him, uh, you know, the nicotine patch, I, I think despite that not being as irresponsible, I think Dave would have felt very guilty because there was a... Uh, a reaction that would cause Bill that much distress. So he would go with, with Bill to the, uh, to the hospital. Okay. Interesting argument. Um, (laughs) Thad, why is this the McNeil perspective? Why do you think no one went with him? All right. No one went with him because who would go with him? 
Uh, right away, we know from the EMT talking to Dave that Dave did not go to the ambulance. I believe that Dave, Lisa, and Vicky, uh, the Beth, are all still there in the office. Um, but at the end of the day, the only person you really would want to send is Matthew, and that's not going to make anybody feel better in the back of the ambulance. Um, it, you know, Catherine has to be on the air, and we already know that everybody else is pretty much there. Theoretically, you could have sent Joe, but I think sending Joe was just about as good as sending Matthew from an information standpoint. So uh, I don't think that Dave saw any value in sending anybody or could spare anybody to go in the ambulance with Bill. Bill is a big boy. <laughs> this is the 90s. Bill rode alone with the EMTs. <laughs> yeah the only one i could see going with him or like insisting on going with him was matthew to try to force feed him more vegetables <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and i think like even in the state he was in bill would have put a stop to that or he yeah, would have told the emts do not let that man anywhere near me <laughs> all right i'm gonna give that one to thad and last statement Okay, is this the real deal or the McNeil perspective that this is Beardy's best episode? Thad, you are up first. Is it the real deal or the McNeil perspective? <laughs> I'm going to go McNeil perspective. Um, because I think when we picture Beardy, this is not the episode we picture him from. Uh, this is not the picture we're going to draw him from. Uh, so even though he has a lot of screen time, I would say that because he doesn't have that moment really in front of the camera, this is not his best episode. Okay. All right. Good points. Okay, Tom. So tell me why it's the real deal that this is Beardy's best episode. I'm going to say this is the real deal because I have to. And <laughs> because, <laughs> because if you see the establishing shot of the episode, Beardy is actually seated at the conference table, which Three is never away. an honor. Uh, he's never afforded that honor again during the whole run of the series or his part in it, which is the first season. You, you always see him in the background, but here he's in the foreground. He's actually in the meeting, which uh, is, is, I think, probably his highest level of involvement other than being shown as doing something that is, is actively pissing Bill off. <laughs> Where So... He's kind of being treated badly in those in that episode that we know him for. He's being actively hated on by a main character. Whereas here, he's being included in the group. So that's why I feel like this is his best episode. If if you were to go to Beardy and ask which one was your best episode, he would say this one because he was part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know in my heart. You can't convince me otherwise. It was really fantastic to see Beardy seated at the table for the meeting, not just lurking in the background. That was really great. Like, he got included. Um, but um, I, I've got to assume Thad's... I think both of you really are referencing the episode Big Day uh, where as Beardy's best episode. So in addition to that storyline of the bonuses in Big Day, we also have the storyline about people leaving trash on Bill's desk. And, um, right. you know, that's the only time we ever see a main member of the cast acknowledged Beardy, you know, and he's <laughs> featured and, and you got to know he, he probably got that featured extra bump or whatever, whatever it is that they get them, <laughs> you know, cause he was, he was like front and center in that shot. 
and uh, as you said, that's that's the picture we would draw. <laughs> we draw available yeah. on a on a nice wanted poster <laughs> sticker from uh, grabitgear.com. Go get your own right now. Grabitgear.com. Uh, <laughs> Grabitgear.com. Um, but yeah, you know, but he is in this episode a lot. He's in three mm-hmm. scenes, I believe. He's at the table, which again, it's absolutely he's at the adult table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think two times he's on the phone in the background. He's standing points. behind Jimmy when Dave walks in and they do the sick Reed and Roy bit. He's talking mm-hmm. to a lady. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of disappear. I think she comes out and maybe he he goes the other way, but like yeah. he's definitely there. He gets a lot of screen time in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe this some, is his crowning jewel. I don't know. He had some business to do. It yeah. was it was a great beardy episode. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a tough question to say was it his best. That's where yeah. that's where it gets tough. Okay, all right. I'm gonna give that one to Thad. And uh, those were those were some excellent arguments from both contestants. And uh, before I announce the winner, we're going to have a little general discussion about the cast in this episode. Um, let's see, uh, Tom, anything in particular you wanted to touch on about the cast in this episode? Um, just Jimmy, at least to start out with Stephen Root's performance with he doesn't get a lot of lines, but God, mm. when he comes in. And does the whole thing about the sprinklers. And it's just the way he delivers the line. You see those sprinklers up there? They're not hooked up to anything. It's just so good. It's an it, uh, all-timer. Um, really, really excellent for Jimmy. And kind of establishes him as, as being a wild card, you know, in, in because of his flouting of the rules. It's it's great. So, Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Um, Thad, anything you wanted to bring up about the cast? Yeah, so I think the first thing that we have to mention is that uh, Catherine's lack of use is just so evident. You know, I think she only has like two lines. She's only in one scene, you know, very briefly. So, um, you know, again, like I feel like everybody else does kind of get a a chance, a real big moment, and she really doesn't get hers. So unfortunately, that's something that, uh, you know, I noticed right away, especially on a rewatch or two, how, how absent she is from the episode. Yep. Well, and and especially like it seemed like later the way they did figure out to use her was like, you know, playing off Bill. And this yeah. is such a Bill heavy episode and they they hadn't even figured out how to do that yet. Right. You right. know? And it's like th- it really could have been the two of them at odds or maybe her, you know, trying to maybe even trying to help him a little bit in the, the way Dave tried to help him a little bit or something. They they definitely could have given her a much bigger role in this storyline. Right. Anyways, yeah. I mean, she gets the speaking part, and then she's the first one to hug Bill when he comes back. Yeah. And as I was like, that's, you know, that's kind of interesting in terms of their relationship more than anything else. But Right. Yeah. Um, but that's all the shine she really gets. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I know we touched on it a little when we talked about inappropriate, but I think it's pretty amazing how well-defined most of these characters were, given that it's only the third episode of the series. Um, Catherine aside, they obviously had not figured out you know what they wanted to do with her yet no. i don't know that they ever they never did figure out how to put her to the best use that they could have but um but for the most part the personalities were very well established and yeah. the character dynamics were already there for the most part and you know of course we see some of these characters change over the course of the series especially season five things really got kind of off the rails but for the most part i feel like this is the truest version of this ensemble and it's only Mm -hmm. episode three you know i think that's pretty incredible 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it's like I don't think they had the rhythm quite down yet. But the nah. you're right. As far as the characters go, like they really did feel like you really do have a feeling like this is what a bunch of uh these this is what these characters would act like if they were new to each other. Yeah. The, that uh that Dave is new, so uh so he's still getting to know Bill a little bit and Bill's taking right. advantage of that. And Matthew is trying to push him around a little bit, you know, and like he's starting to get that back and forth snappy uh repartee with, with Beth. So I do, I do like that point. Like, yeah, the characters are kind of figured out, and it it does seem like it's a natural evolution in terms of where they go. Yeah, and the, and at least like with Jimmy, um, that there's Jimmy and Dave are starting. You can see the buds of their right. later just back and forth. That you know, um, I'm like that guy, that magician guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> David Copperfield. No, Zigfried. No, Roy. That's the one. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you see a little, like, cutthroat Jimmy, you know, like, the whether, whether or not the sprinklers are hooked up or not, we don't know. But he, <laughs> he definitely seems like he's he's uh, playing on multiple levels here, uh, one way or the other. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, it's just, it's just such a great episode. <laughs> um, any Anything else either you wanted to say about the cast? Uh, I got one, just one thing I want to mention is that uh, Bill's elation at putting on the patch is one of my favorite Phil Hartman likes to see. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like that, hey, that's nice. And then all of a sudden he's laughing and dipping Beth. And like, uh, it's just, I don't know, something the way, the way he plays that scene that makes me just absolutely grin every time I watch it. Beth's reaction to the dip is pretty great too. The way she's yeah. sort of like she's kind of like trying uh. to humor him while she, while he's like he's got her, you know. Yeah. And the second he lets her go, she's just like looking around like, did anyone else just see this <laughs> right. insane thing that just happened to me? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, really great. Okay, now let's talk about something on the fly, a scene or a montage you would like to add to this episode. Um, Thad, what's a scene you would like to add? Okay, I've got two. So the first one is I'd like to see one of Dave walking by a store, seeing a picture or a picture of Woody Allen in the store window, and then he walks in the store, walks out with the hat on, and does some sort of Woody Allen-ish type impression with his walk, the way he's kind of carrying himself <laughs> after. Like, you could tell that Woody Allen was not just somebody who wore that hat. It was like the actual <laughs> inspiration from the hat. I thought that would be kind of kind of funny at the end there. <laughs> That'd be nice. Mia! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, what's a scene you would like to add? Um, well, I would like to see a flashback to Bill watching Steel Magnolias crying his eyes out. <laughs> just just <laughs> ripping butts and just tearing up. <laughs> That was that was on my list. <laughs> I wanted to see him just chain smoking, like lighting one cigarette with the butt of the last one and, and, and crying his eyes out and, and you know, finishing it off. It'd take a robot not to cry at that movie. <laughs> All right, Thad, what's your other one? Um, it's actually Bill getting the idea and putting the patches actually around his waist. You know, so like, this is just a Phil Hartman showcase of just like him rubbing on the patch. And then you see him get like the light bulb go off and then him struggling, like trying to put a, a belt of patches is not easy, you know? So you get a little Phil Hartman, like turning around in circles, trying to put it on him. And then just like when it all hits, like if he reacted that strongly in the office, 
imagine what he's going to do when that belt of patches actually hits. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, it's going to be hilarious. So I, I thought that that might be a funny scene to add on. If we can go back. That would be a nice one. <laughs> I'd like to see that. It's just, like, you know, it's just a Phil Hartman showcase. Yeah, it would be the physical comedy that would go with it. Yeah, he, he would absolutely just blow that out of the water. I know it. <laughs> Tom, did you have another one? I did. I mean, it was uh, hat related also. Uh, it was just kind of like a, a spy shot, like through a telephoto lens, like a series of, of pictures of Dave just at various places in the hat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> dork around town kind of footage. Like he's showing the hat the city. <laughs> Times Square. <laughs> Best Buy. <laughs> Well, I want to see a scene. Um, I want to see the scene at the movie theater, but like as a retrospective at the end. Um, but I want to see it told from both perspectives. So I want to see first Lisa and Dave with Dave in, in the Woody Allen hat. <laughs> and Lisa spots Joe and then they spend the rest of the movie trying to dodge him. But then I also want to see it from Joe's perspective where Joe spots Lisa and then he looks at his friend who he's with. And uh, we see Joe have this like dawning realization that like Lisa is going to see them together and jump to the conclusion that Joe is gay. And the rest of the scene is just Joe strutting around trying to display what he thinks are like <laughs> alpha male traits <laughs> like punching random <laughs> objects and like growling at other movie patrons and pounding his chest and that sort of thing <laughs> i don't know thought it could be funny <laughs> i was trying to picture it and, and the closest i got was kind of like an overhead shot of like lisa trying to see joe and joe like trying to hide behind people you know like one of those things where like joe's like stiffens up and kind of walks behind somebody with an umbrella like you know, and she keeps on like trying to see him or see if that's him or not. I don't know. Like, it, that's a tough scene to kind of pull off where they almost see each other but don't really see each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the alternating perspectives is a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Anything else, or does that cover our our scenes on the fly? It's all mine. That's it. Okay. Send well, them in. Well then. Based on our on the scores from our Abs of Fever round combined with the scores from our Marty Party round, I am going to declare Thad today's Absa Award winner. Thad, what would you like to tell your adoring fans? <laughs> I'm like, new unit, same result, fans. You knew when you got on this express train, I was taking you right to the top. Um, <laughs> No, I definitely was not sure who was going to win that one. I thought Tom was definitely going to was going to take home his victory there. So I'm very grateful and thankful uh, around this holiday to be able to take this win home for all the Thadomaniacs out there cheering me on each and every episode. <laughs> I see you. I love you, my people. <laughs> News radio. Peace and love. Hashtag Thadomaniacs. <laughs> Hashtag Thadhive. <laughs> That's right, brother. When the Thadomaniacs come for you, there's no turkey left on the table. <laughs> so you're like the Bumpus's dogs? <laughs> you're talking about the Thad Hive now. Watch yourself, Tom. <laughs> well, we hope you'll join us for more discussion about the episode in Part B. Until then, thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. Good night, pumpkin. Mia! <laughs> pantyhose <laughs> thank you for visiting the hoodoo factory the source for all your hoodoo needs 
You can follow us on Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fever.